Everyone, hi, hello. It is me, Allison Rosen, and I am sitting here in Dining Room Studios with Rory Scovel. Hello. Triumphant hello, return world. to the podcast. That's right. My huge triumph. <laughs> That's triumphant right. return. There was much fanfare. Yeah. A lot of... There was a, um, There's pe- a line people outside. People lining up. I know. There's a line outside. TMZ's just out there. To listen to it. And people are just like, ah, just to see. Just to see you guys back together. I know. On the mics. We exactly. just wanted to see the moment. They didn't think it was going to... Well, I feel like maybe that farewell tour we did was a mistake. Yeah. It will. It misled people. It did. Then right. again, I feel like that's kind of very classic, quote unquote, farewell tour. Is it really a farewell or is it just a whole press thing? We did it for press. We did it for ticket sales. We did it for attention. People didn't understand that and they thought that was it. <sighs> And I'm okay being straightforward about that. Yeah. Because if there's one thing I'm known for, it's being straightforward. Honest. Yeah. Honest. Authentic. Yeah. Authentic. I'm authentic about my cynicism and manipulation. Many people say she has an authentic honesty. Yeah. (laughs) Right. It's better than most honesty. This one's authentic. I don't enjoy contrived honesty. Right. Actually, as much as we're being inauthentically honest... I feel like there is a contrived honesty out there that I don't enjoy. For, for example, I was hoping you wouldn't push me on this. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's. I see. need ten examples of what you're <laughs> oh, saying. Oh no! <laughs> what would be a contrived honesty? Someone. Ooh, it could be two things. It could be. It could be arguably what I actually sort of try to do, which is like I'm going to be really real, and I feel like there can be something. I hope that when I do it, it's not that, but I feel like there can be something like actually forced about that. Right. Um, Like, let me show you all the crazy shit. Oh, this is what I do. This is what I do. Let me show you all the crazy shit inside me. Oh, I see. So it's like, I, so it's like, Hey, I am being honest. I'm just forcing it. Right. Okay. There's that. That one has my affection. Yeah. Cause it's me. Um, but then there's also the like, um, I'm just going to say what I think. And if you don't like it, that's your problem. Oh, that's the one I hate the most. Sassy. I can't handle sassy. You know what? Fuck it. I should be able to say whatever I want. And if I hurt someone's feelings, fuck them. <laughs> yep. There you go. That was me doing an impression of that. I don't actually me. feel that way. Now, I would think that you are never like that because I went back and I listened to our episode and what emerged for me, which is what I had sort of, I think was, was feeling the first time is that in the nicest way i think you're a people pleaser i i think i am i think i am a people pleaser i tried to i have in my older age um and also we've i've had a daughter mm-hmm. um, you've gotten since we've talked you've had a daughter and you got married got married had a daughter uh, reverse order just doing all the things just doing all the things and, all the uh, life things. All of the life moments. <laughs> uh, we did that in July. We had a daughter and uh, it's caused me to be a little bit more... Thank you. It's caused me to be a little bit more like, ah, I'm going to stop pleasing everybody. You know, what I, you know what I mean? Like not in the... I'm going to need 10 examples. Nah, here we go. <laughs> um, not in the like aggressive like, fuck everybody kind mm. of like vibe, but more like the, 
if I have to cancel something or if I can't make it to something or if I genuinely don't want to do something to just say say it and not care so much about the consequence. I mean, obviously, if you cancel on something at like a last second, there's a consequence and mm-hmm. and the, the person's rightfully to be right to be upset with you. Right. But I mean, like if you're, you know, if you get invited to something where you're just like, I don't really think this is for me and I don't really want to do it to just say that as opposed to being like, I well, I'll continue just to drag something on mm-hmm. because I don't want to upset somebody or offend. Somebody. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Now in the the old Rory, yeah. pre-daughter Rory, would you have dragged it on and you wouldn't want to offend the person and ultimately would you have gone or not? Probably. Okay. I probably would have ultimately have gone or continued to drag it on forever or dragged it on and then tried to somehow run away from it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, I relate so much to all of this. Yeah. And yet arguably just letting the person know off the bat it's not happening is the best outlook. The best out. Probably kinder to them. <laughs> it's kinder to them and it's <laughs> it's no stress for anybody. It's mm-hmm. better for you. It's a, it's a win-win for everyone and right. yet still it's like I think I'm going to drag them. Like the you, you have the opposite effect. You're like I don't want to hurt their feelings. Like well, dragging it out is the most upsetting. Right, cuz you're basically just waiting for them to be like I don't think this is ever going to happen. I, yeah. I've wasted three months trying to plan it. Yeah. And then they have a worse opinion of you mm-hmm. that you could have prevented by just telling them right out of the gate, hey, here's the deal. But Do you... Um, have you ever used the word codependent? No. So you don't think you Only in insurance. <laughs> <laughs> um, where do you think the people pleasing came from? I don't really know. I think I I just don't enjoy conflict. I don't enjoy confrontation. And I think from those two things... However, I will say when... When I am fired up about something, then I don't give a fuck about confrontation or conflict. I'm like, I'm the complete opposite. Like but if you're I, upset, not, you mean? Yeah. And, or if it's something I'm really passionate about and like something has upset me. Um, and also if it's times when it's someone I don't care if I'm pleasing them or not, mm-hmm. I'll just unleash. Strangely on stage, I'm not a this people pleaser person. I'm like, this is what I do. Deal with it. But <laughs> oh. off stage, I'm like, whatever, whatever's going on. And in my head, be like, oh, I didn't want to do that thing, but I, eh, whatever, I don't want to create any tension. Um, I think it's really just those two things. Someone who hates conflict and confrontation, it just causes you to just, it's not even that you're naturally easy breezy. You're like, yeah, I'm easy breezy. Mm. It's like, well, you're really not. You're just unwilling to speak up. Yeah, you're conflict <laughs> yeah. averse. You'll be, I'm easy breezy. And then you, you pick the restaurant and then you get there and you're like, I didn't even want to go here. It's like, well, then technically you're not easy breezy. Otherwise, you wouldn't care about whatever happened ever. Oh, I I am the least easy breezy, but pr- tries to pretend to be person in the universe. <laughs> right. I'm like the, I'm so not easygoing, but I don't think I do this anymore, but I know that for the longest time, I was like, I'm going to be the cool girlfriend who's like, you know, I'm cool with everything. Everything's I was cool. cool with nothing. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and the thing that I don't think I realized is that like that energy comes through. And yeah. then it then it just creates this weird tension because the other person's like, I'm picking up on something. Fr- I mean, And this false impression. Yes. Right. Where someone's like, ah, she doesn't care. It's like, oh, but since she does, mm-hmm. then then someone's making all these other decisions where it's like, well, maybe you wouldn't have done that if you knew that it does drive me insane. Yeah. yeah. I think the thing I realized, this is unfair, that I, regarding, specifically regarding restaurants, mm-hmm. I don't want to choose. I want to engage the other person 
this one is when it's my husband. If it's someone I'm meeting, like for any other reason, I'm I'm am actually easy breezy. Right. But I I want to engage him in the process. I want him to come up with a bunch of options, (laughs) and then I want to choose. Yes, I know. Yeah. (laughs) And even then, you're like, I don't know. I can't decide. Right. You pick. I. And I then, think my I think I force my wife into that mm-hmm. where we'll be like, "What do you want to do for dinner?" You decide, you know, like you decide, and then she'll be like, "Well, here's four ideas," and I'll be like, oh, that's "I perfect. don't know." <laughs> Even then, after the four ideas, I'm like, "I still you pick it." She's like, "I gave you four ideas." I don't know if that's a solution though when someone offers no. it because my wife will sometimes be like, "Like, what should we get for dinner?" I'll be like, "You pick it," and she'll go, "Okay, well, we can go here, here," and I like. I don't think you're even listing places that you want. I think you're just listing places to be like, here's a bunch of options. It's oh, that's like, not I okay. Can, I already have the options in my head. I clearly can't narrow it down. She's no, like, well, then- we'll go to McDonald's. I told her one time, I was like, one day we, I, we will just go to McDonald's. <laughs> and I'll be like, you said you didn't care. So here we are. This is what I chose. And she'll be like, well, you know, I didn't really want to come here. <laughs> See, I feel like that's just treating you as like a production company like well we got to give them options uh, exactly <laughs> hope they don't choose the wrong one <laughs> yeah no the point is the other person it's, it's so unattractive sounding that person needs to do some research <laughs> really consider the yeah. options <laughs> bring me the yelp reviews print it out exactly yeah and then i oh my god this one time I've never been so in love with an email. This one time, my <laughs> husband, I don't even know what we what we were trying to figure out. Maybe it'll come to me. He sent this long email with all the different options and then like my like a synopsis and his suggestions. And in that moment, I was like, I've never been more in love with you. <laughs> and I think I get why you're good at your job, assuming this is something you do in your job. Thought, yeah, right, right, right. For, for all I know, yeah. it's not. I thought you have to like do the breakdowns of things. <laughs> yeah. so I, I get it. Right. But it yeah. was it was all the information and then it was what he thinks we should do and why. Yeah. But that's perfect. Maybe I just perfect. want someone else to make decisions for me. But then certain still, things, certain things. Yeah. Um so I've also done this and this is real unfair. When the other person makes a decision, then I'm like it took you or makes a uh, suggest chooses, makes a choice. Yeah. I'm like, it took you making that choice for me to realize that's what I didn't want. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <sighs> they narrow it down to a thing you don't even want to do. <laughs> You're like, oh, no. No, no. It's not, that, that, my head wasn't there at all. <laughs> Weirdly, though, at a restaurant, I've been to a restaurant where I went with someone and they were like, I love this place. Does everybody mind if I just order all the food? And I was overjoyed. That's... I was overjoyed to not look at it. Like, Yeah. So I, I think... If my wife was like, get in the car, we're going to go, I already know where we're going and we're just going to go there. I think I'd probably be like, I bet you when we get there, I find a way to like it because I didn't have to think about it at all. We just went. In fact, maybe the whole time I was like trying to figure out what it might be. Right. And then like to get there, no matter what it is, I think I'd probably be like, oh yeah, I can, if if you didn't even like it, you'd be like, well, they always have this one thing I always get her. It's interesting because I recently had that experience where one person ordered everything and I also really enjoyed it, but in but the way I came to understand it is like, oh, he's just really good at ordering. But maybe it really was <laughs> right. that I was like just tucked in for the experience. I th- it could be both. I mean, that's when it's the best. You're just like, I'm full on. I'm riding the wave, and that person's like, I also know the things that everyone should get. And yeah, like, perfect. Yeah, so, especially for something like sushi. Mm. 
I, there's an Italian restaurant in Charleston that we'll go to, and they're like, if you just play, you can order whatever you want off the menu, or you can just pay this like flat price, and we'll just bring out food, you know, that's right. enough for however many people at your table. And I do that every time I'm there. I think that's. I'm that- like absolutely, just bring out whatever. I don't even want to think about it. You don't have to tell me what it is when you put it down. I'll just eat it. I think that's the omakase or omakase. I don't know how you say it. Oh, a style, a certain style. Of- I think that's like when the when it's chef's choice. I'm all basically. for chef's choice. So wait, you don't even need to know what it is. They could put down any sort of thing from the sea, and you're fine with I it. I probably would just be like, I mean, if it looked unappealing, I might have some questions. But mm. I, for the most part, I'd probably be like, I'll eat that. I'll try that. Is there anything you won't eat? I don't think so. I think I'm pretty into most. I mean, not I'm not wildly adventurous. If you're like, what about bugs? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know, but baby piglets. I'll now. eat that. I'll eat that. <laughs> Sight unseen. I'll eat that. Eyes closed. I'll eat that. Um, I don't know. I don't think I have any. I, I, I weirdly, I don't think I'm like an adventurous eater. Mm-hmm. But I think I would eat anything. That's weird. I don't even know. I, I don't even know what I even just said. I'm not an adventurous eater, but I think I'll eat anything. Yeah, no, that works. Yeah. Like normally you just eat not adventurous stuff, but you don't have any aversions. Right. Or food fears. I got off meat four months ago. How's it going? Four or five months ago. It's been fantastic. I went to Austin, Texas not that long ago and ate some meat. Mm. Felt horrible. Tasted great. (laughs) Loved every bite I took, but then felt horrible. And now I'm back to like off meat again did you go to south by southwest i did yeah yeah i sort of feel like if it's hard to not eat meat in austin yeah i mean it's hard for the fact that you go to a lot of restaurants and there is not a meatless option right so it's like hard like literally it's hard but um i gave in i was like i gotta have ribs i gotta you know there was like this meat pasta at this Mm -hmm. one place i could have gone meat meatless that night but i was like well i've already had the ribs how about while I'm here, I just eat meat? Oh, mm. that couldn't have felt worse. <laughs> Why did you give it up? Um, I don't. Ju- I just wanted to try it. I was like, I know I eat too much meat. I know that eating the amount of meat that your average person eats is not normal. It's not healthy. Mm. I knew that, so I was like, all right, well, let's let's try to go two weeks. And honestly, in that two weeks, I found it to be pretty easy. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh wow. I mean, especially living out here. Right. I was like, oh, avoiding meat out here is great. There's great alternatives. I started eating a lot of vegetables. Not that I wanted to, but I was like, oh, the byproduct of avoiding meat is that you kind of corners you to eat healthier by default. And then I was just like, oh, I'm just feeling better. I'm sleeping better. Um, and then I kind of just stayed off of it. It kind of became a thing where I was like, oh, well, how long can I go? And then I was in when I was in Austin, I was like, uh, sort of craving it a little bit mm. because you're so you know surrounded by it so much. So I was like, great, I'll try it. And because it made me feel so bad, it then just reaffirmed like, oh yeah, let's just stay off this. How- and if we're not going to stay off this, let's just make one meal, you know, a light meat kind of thing once a month at the most, mm-hmm. um, which I'm okay with. How did it make you feel? Eating the meat? It just destroyed me. I felt like nauseous. Really? Yeah, I felt nauseous. Um, I don't know if maybe there's a little bit of like a placebo effect of that. Mm-hmm. Where I was like, oh, I'm feeling nauseous because I, I'm putting something back in my body and I'm convincing myself it'll make me feel sick. Right. Um, could not have shat more out oh, of wow. my body. Um, which I was like, oh, this is 
it was, it was it was so interesting to be like, oh, this is all because of this one thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and growing up in the South, I know I've just eaten too much meat my whole life. Yeah, and I was like, you know, my body needs a break. My all my insides need to be like, oh, thank God, we can we cannot have to do this. Break this meat down every second of every day. <laughs> that's like it's all our bodies have done since we were born is break down meat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Think of all the free time our bodies will have now, or yours will have. Finally work on that novel. <laughs> Go, write a play, like we always say we're gonna. Now, what does your wife do in terms of eating meat or not eating meat? She is super into the not eating meat, but she has been with the baby. Mm-hmm. It's just because uh, we still breastfeed, so it's still good protein, and, and the baby needs it. So she's still been doing it, which I've been able to just kind of watch with a jealous eye of like some of the stuff that she she is eating. Um, but I think if she weren't having to breastfeed, I think she'd probably commit to just no meat. Mm-hmm. Or every now and then. You know, every now and then you just want... A cheeseburger, which I totally get and understand. You know, I'm not one of those people that's like, well, no one should have meat at all, or people should only eat meat. I just think we have we've become a culture of way overdoing it, where it's like, ah, oh, we yeah. could probably not only help our own health, but also help the environment if we just trimmed it. You know, some people do meatless Mondays. I think you got to go five. <laughs> five days a week mm-hmm. of no meat to be like right. just that, have would, a meat then that would have an effect on you physically and with the environment but yeah i don't know i feel like all this food talk we should hear something you're like let's get a cheesesteak <laughs> i'm like you got it <laughs> Snapchat. thank you we talk about snacks enough that we're prepared oh, i love <laughs> snacks um okay so much to get into i got off sugar too really I will say this, and I I won't harp on it too much. For two weeks, I got off meat, sugar, sugar, beer, and coffee, and I slept deeper than I've ever slept in my whole life. Like sleep, I thought you lose as you get older. Mm-hmm. It was not that. It was like being fifteen years old again, able to go down and sleep for like twelve hours straight. See this? Deep. It felt incredible. Gets my attention because I have insomnia. I wake up a thousand times a night. Mm-hmm. Um, I also drink a lot of coffee. Yeah. Hmm. It's, it is so hard to get off coffee. Yeah. I saw the benefit of being off of it and I'm back on it. Like I love coffee (laughs) and I know, I know if I can just get off it for like two weeks, I'm like, "Ah, I could really get some great rest and like feel great. It's hard to do like sugar, beer and meat. I've kind of maintained, but like coffee is that last thing that's hard Mm. to get over. It's like a, it's like cigarettes really. So you gave up, you haven't gone back to sugar? I have a little bit of sugar every now and then. I used to be like a sugar addict where I was like seeking out sweets all day long. Mm. But now like after dinner, I'll have like a square of dark chocolate and I try to contain, I'm trying (laughs) to contain it just that. But Uh even, even eating the one square is dangerous because I'm like, ah, what if I just had another square? Is that so bad? And then I'm like eating a tub of ice cream. I love That's sugar. what would happen or that is, that is what That's happens? That's what would happen if I was unable to just stop it at mm-hmm. that square. But luckily, I'm able to like right. stop. And my wife is also like, don't do this. She knows. She's <laughs> like, don't go down this road. I'm like, you're right. You're right. I'm just going to have the one square. I'm going to eat it and I'm just going to sit here. It's tough to do, but I do feel uh, physically better. Well, you're so. speaking my language now because I have an alter ego, Nibbles McGee. All <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Comes out late at night. Um, I gave up carbohydrates um, a year ago, June, and had really was like being very strict with it. And I found that it was 
much easier to live that way than to live in the like, I'm just going to moderately have, because like, right. like, I'm yeah, the kind yeah. of person where at, we when we finally choose a restaurant and we go there and there's bread on the table. I'm like, excuse me, I'm going to dive into that yeah. um, and I'll come up for air at the end of the night. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like I'm very much, I love bread. Yes. Um, and so I found that by just being like, I don't, I don't have that. I don't eat that. I don't eat dessert. I don't eat anything starchy. Uh, I was looking, you know, um, it was just easier. There've been a few times I have slipped, but when I've had carbohydrates again, I did not have the reaction that you had upon having meat again. Okay. I had the reaction of like, oh, this feels good. Pure joy. You were in a hot tub. Just yeah. Having the time of your life. Exactly. <laughs> And I think, though, that's because carbohydrates are actually very easy for your body to digest. Right. They don't create like a fat slick coming at your butt. And they're 90% delicious. <laughs> yes. And they're hard to screw up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So, thinking what direction to go because I sort of, at some point, I want to get caught up on like the all the changes your personal life has taken since you went from... Not even being engaged to mm-hmm. now married and having a kid. But I also want to talk about your career. Let's talk about that. When we last talked, you were working on a show about an only child who moves back home. Yeah. Which was interesting since you come from a family of like 45 boys and 46 girls, so right? So many kids. One of seven kids. So many uh, people. It, w- it was weird, uh, but the guy I was writing it with, mm. he was an only right. child, which made it kind of fun. And also, you know, when you're when someone's like, oh, and this you can play an only child, like, oh, great, something I'm not. So it's kind of makes it a little more interesting. Um, yeah, we were working on that, and I can't remember the timing, but we had sold it to ABC, mm-hmm. the idea. Was that when I... I don't remember. I can't remember if it had been sold or not. Probably. We had, we had sold it and we were waiting on them to decide if they wanted to do it. And it had become February and it was like their deadline to decide. Mm-hmm. And they were like, we're going to wait until July to decide. Why? And I don't know. It was, given what makes it on TV as a show, <laughs> I don't know what causes people to say <laughs> yes to something yeah. or no to something. You, you would think that you could... You could look at TV and actually know why people say yes Mm-mm. or no to, to something. But now it's it's so all over the place and things get canceled so quickly. But they were like, we're going to wait till July. And I was like, uh, it was pilot season. And I was like, I can't, you know, income wise, I can't just wait mm-hmm. for them to say no in July. Right. So the guy I was working on with, Scott Martyr, who is fantastic. He was like, all right, well, he was working at Always Sunny anyway. Mm-hmm. So he's like, well, I have a job. And then I got cast on a show on TBS called Ground Floor. Mm -hmm. So I was like, all right, well, I'm doing this now. And uh, in July, they ended up saying ABC said no anyways. So it was kind of what we both thought would happen. Um, And so I did that for two seasons, uh, Ground Floor on Mm -hmm. TBS. And then uh, they canceled that when a new head of TBS came in, which I guess is sort of the norm when a new president of sorts, not that it's the president, but the new head of development or whatever came in. It was like, all these shows are gone. I want my, I want every show now to be shows I've said yes to. It's so, so capricious. It's a, uh, it's, I mean, had we been crushing it in the ratings, <laughs> they would have left it and been like, well, why, why hurt a good thing? Right. But we were, we were okay. I, th- I, th- I think we were a good show. I think it would have continued to grow as a, a better show, mm-hmm. but I don't think we were given a lot of time for a fan base to really find us and attach to us. Um, cause we, in two seasons, we only did 20 episodes. Mm-hmm. So it's like, ah, it's not really a lot 
for people to discover a show, especially now where there's so many options. Um, so yeah, I, that, that was canceled. And then, uh, I've just kind of been doing some guest star stuff and I'm on a show now on true TV called those who can't with uh, those Grolix guys. You don't even know them from Denver. I know. I've heard the name. Adam, Kate and Holland and Ben Roy Mm -hmm. and, uh, Andrew Orvidal. Uh, that one's about horrible teachers at a high school who oh, are just yeah, awful. And I play the principal who's just an overly optimistic moron who's unaware how awful his <laughs> his teacher is, like his teachers are and how horrible the school really is. Um that's pretty fun. It's really mm-hmm. great. It's a fun fun show. I think it's really funny. Is that so you were just somewhere exotic uh, filming? I was in Puerto Rico, yeah, filming a guest star thing for Wrecked, a new show oh, right. uh, on TBS, which I don't know when that's premiering, but They've fully wrapped, so hopefully at some point soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How long were you down there? I was there for ten days, I think. Is that hard? It seems like you travel a fair amount. Is that hard traveling now that you have a daughter? It's so hard. I've cut way back on it with doing like any weekends on the road or anything for stand up. Uh, it's it is it's really hard now, especially because the baby is growing so quickly and changing so quickly Mm -hmm. from like day one to now we're eight months in. And it's like, this is a whole nother person every week. It's like, this is a different person. Their brains are just taking in so much information um, that it's harder now because it's like you go away for, you know, four days or more, you come back, you're like, ah, you're not totally the same Mm -hmm. or now you're crawling. And we, we only want to have one child. So in our heads, really? we're kind of like, I, I'm kind of like, ah, she's not really scooting on her stomach now. She's now crawling. So I can't ever go back to when she was scooting on her yeah. stomach. The strange thing about it is it makes you really try to hone in on the moment of going, this this will go away. So I need to enjoy it now. And I think I'm able to do that because she's changing so quickly. Mm, like- so I'm like, oh, so if she's crawling, I'm like, Oh, that's great. She's crawling. And I'm like, well, given the past eight months, I know that she grows very quickly. So I should enjoy that she's crawling and really soak it up and get pictures and video. And and just the fact that it's adorable to see her do, knowing that in a month, she'll probably be walking, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. You know, not that it, not that it'll, that'll necessarily move that fast, but it kind of makes you appreciate the moment a little more is that something that you have struggled with in the past living in the moment i think so i think just given our line of work we're always looking forward to the next even when good news comes in today about something you're already like all right well well what am i doing in august yeah Yeah, what's going on in that or even if you were like if you were shooting a stand-up special tomorrow you'd be like oh i gotta write a new hour when that ends and you're already thinking about a thing that you haven't even finished the thing you're currently doing right so i I think i have that a little bit of that disease entertainer's disease or whatever it is because i think uh because our income is is not necessarily like a solid thing Mm -hmm. where it's like oh i gotta do is show up and i'll always get a paycheck it's like no everything is you know in flux it could easily go away right and then i gotta find the next thing that i do do you ever have this existential dread where you go it's just it's going to be looking for the next thing the next thing and the next thing and then you're dead yeah all the time (laughs) have that cheerful thought all the time and what's the point is then the the corollary a hundred percent but also the the great thing about uh and I'm not one of those people that's like, have a kid. It's the greatest thing. Like, it is so fucking hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so ridiculously hard. But having uh, having her makes me uh, not even 
care as much. That's great. Whereas, like, it's like you fulfilled your destiny. Yeah, it, it does feel great. <laughs> it, that uh, having being your own boss and not caring that your own bo- you are your own boss is the American dream. I think that's like the best feeling because now I'm in a position of like. Hey, I put a, I did a thing on TV. Should I go and look at what the comments section is online? Na- before I would, no matter mm-hmm. what, I would have to know. But now I don't care at all. Ooh, tell me about that because just, I'm, I have been pretty good about avoiding comments. Yeah. I don't do carbs and I don't do comments. <laughs> <laughs> Anything with a C, I That's stay away. That's my sassy autobiography. <laughs> but no today, carbs, no comments. <laughs> That's right. But today, I decided to look at some. Uh, and then, predictably, spiral. I felt worse. Um, and then I thought, yeah, why did I do this? Spiral, and you spiral right because it could be yes. a million yays. It's one it's fail just, that exactly. someone right, and all they write is fail. Yeah, there's not even enough there for you to even attach right. to to feel bad, but yet it just knocks you down. And then I did this thing where I'm like, well. If you go waiting in the sewer, this is what you're going to find. <laughs> yeah. And these are, I mean, okay, this is going to be contrived honesty. This, <laughs> And by that, I just mean, here's this the true, like, un, the true gross thoughts that went through my head. I'm like, these are super unhappy, losery people who, I mean, I just like, and then I, I mean, I just went on in my head yeah. about who these people yeah. are who are saying this. And then I thought... Well, that's no way to be. Like, that's not a good way to go through life having this, um, this combative relationship with people who are viewing your work, right? Work, let's say, or whatever it is. I don't know. It was just, and then I just thought this whole thing is there's all, only negativity has right. sprung from this, and it was predictable. And then I also like started thinking about just other people that I admire and imagining all the comments they get and they're just as shitty. Right. So fuck everyone. I think it's, uh, yeah, I know exactly <laughs> what I mean. It, it's, and you, and you start to feel that way and you go, this is what they wanted. I'm giving them the yeah. thing that they were hoping. I don't even know that I that would. Do you think that's what they want? I, think, I don't need, sometimes I go, this is not even meant for me to look at. This right. is them just talking to each other. Yeah. And also, there's a good chance they didn't even watch or listen yeah. to the thing. And if they did, they got like 20 seconds in. They're like, no, I saw another thing and I already loved it 20 seconds in. And I don't <laughs> love this 20 seconds in, so this must be awful. Right. I had someone, uh, I mean, when I back when I would look at comments, and I think my Conan, a Conan set that I did a while ago, they were like, they're like, this guy sucks. Louis C.K. is the best. And I was just <laughs> like, of course, like, that's the weirdest thing because it's like, right. fine, okay, fine, you don't like me. But do you hold everyone up to Louis where it's like, like, do you do that with all art? Like right. you can't appreciate anything. And like, you have a thing that's your, the, the best and you have to wait till that gets knocked down. Like you have to find the thing that's better than that for you or there's yeah. just no, no sense in like even watching it. Like you, I think there's an intellectual way to praise and harshly critique. Mm-hmm. And when, <laughs> when you don't read it, you're like, I, I mean, you could, I mean, have you ever, ever watched anything or read anything no. or and felt the need? I've never watched or read anything. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever? Never. I never I, have. I knew it. I'm going to one day. One day I will read yeah. something. But you've never felt the need to go, I need to now comment no, never, on ever. this thing. Even if you... I've left restaurants that were 
horrific. Mm-hmm. And even then, I didn't like do a Yelp review. I was like, ah, well, I just, I'll just never go there again. Like, I've never ever felt the need to get involved more so than just absorbing the thing and then deciding on my own if I was into it or right. not. I never felt the need to make sure people knew, yeah. well, this is what I thought and why I thought it. And, I, and not even a specific person, just the world. I want them to know. I want them to know what's going on. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, I mean, I think it's an activity in and of itself for people who are into it. Right. Um, I don't know. It's, it's the, it, it is very liberating to, to, truly not, uh, to truly not care. To be like, I, you know what? You're great. You don't like it. Then you just don't like it. Yeah. It took it. It's, I've been doing stand up for 12 years. It's taken 12 years and a daughter for me to, to be the person that's like, oh, yeah, you, you just don't like it. It's and that's fine. There's a good then, chance yeah. the thing that you worship, I don't like. So why would our roads just don't, mm. they, there's no intersection for us. The thing I always tell myself is having this information in my head comments is not going to help me in any way right. because it's not going to help me to make the show that I'm proud of. Right. It's not going to help me to make the correct decisions in terms of how to do the show. It's just going to make me timid, A, and B, feel like maybe I should appease this comment or that comment. So right. it's actually like, it's not only emotionally detrimental, it's detrimental for what I do to right. read it. So yeah. I don't know why, I don't know why I picked at the scab today. It, it's tempting. It's a weird, tempting thing that's just there. And, cause, because you will read someone who praises you and that f- does feel so good. Yeah. It does feel good. No, because they really get it. Yeah. And they're <laughs> smart. Yeah. <laughs> Look at this, a smarter person. Exactly. They just gave a thumbs up. No words. It's like just an emoji. The iTunes, um, po- sometimes that's all you need. The yeah. iTunes podcast charts are very, um, mercurial and hard to figure out like what makes something high in the charts it, it doesn't have to do with number of downloads okay, and it doesn't yeah. ha- really have to do with popularity it has to do with um i think it has to do with good reviews and it has to do with new people coming yeah. in so when i'm low in the charts i'm like oh well that's because it doesn't mean anything but what like right now i happen to be by the time people hear this, I am sure it will have moved. But for the last few days, I've been like very high in the charts. I'm like, oh, finally. <laughs> it's because they recognize my talent. <laughs> right. Like, that I'll take. Finally, people see yeah. what I'm capable of. <laughs> it's been there all along. They finally discovered it. <laughs> uh, now, your wife is an actress, yes? Yes. So what has she been doing? I imagine that slowed down a bit with it the baby. It slowed down a lot. She got an agent and started going out for a lot of commercials and got to do a lot of commercials. She got was cast. She, she in a commercial where she played someone in an orchestra? Yes. Yeah, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. With yeah. Uh, Rhea Perlman. Um, it was like for Bank of New York or something. Yes. Yeah. My husband and I were watching that and I said, I think that's Rory's wife. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then we rewound it and he's like, I think it is. So yeah, <laughs> you are I correct. saw her. Yeah, she's so she's gotten a few things like that, some speaking, some just kind of reactionary, but uh and then the baby. She did a guest star thing on on the show Ground Floor on TBS that I did. Um but yeah, she's just now at eight months like ready to like go back out there. Mm-hmm. So she's been going out for some stuff again and Is she still liking LA? Because I re- recall she's prime was primarily a theater yeah, actress, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. She it's growing on her. I think she likes the the livability. You know, not that any of us like getting in a car and <laughs> sitting in the traffic out here, but um the weather you can't deny is pretty fantastic almost all the time. Um the uh 
so many of our friends are out here. I think we both like the fact that the business we're in is... I can see people being like, oh, LA, everyone's talking about the biz and blah, blah, blah. But it's like, yeah, but if you're in the biz, you don't necessarily hate that. And mm-hmm. your vacation away from it is going to be going somewhere anyways where people aren't talking like that. So um, I think we're both like... We we like the the space we're in now. You right. know, your money goes a little further than New York City. Yeah, for sure. So I think I think we like that, and I think we um, not that we don't miss places like New York City and stuff, but I think it's grown on her. If she was a part of a theater group that she really enjoyed and was getting to work a lot, mm. I think it would make her even more, uh, make her even happier. But um, it has definitely grown on her. Mm-hmm. I mean, you start going out for stuff, and you get some commercials, and you start seeing like some progress and some success. I think it's enough to like inspire you what makes you feel be, like right, maybe it was the, the right yeah, yeah 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 and you go right. okay good I'm, I'm not out here doing nothing mm-hmm. i'm doing something so i think it's kind of changed her perspective yeah so tell me about this decision to only have one kid um my husband and i are currently trying to we're i'm doing ivf and it's a whole i'm yeah. on a new hormone every month and it's that's not true but <laughs> it's just a whole it's a whole thing a doctor comments like i don't know if that's what I you know. should be oh he doesn't know <laughs> They're all idiots on these comments. Um, it's just a whole thing. Yeah. But I know that ideally I would like to have two kids. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope I can have even one. But, right. So I'm t- trying not to be greedy here. <laughs> but hopefully we're, tr- we're trying to have two. Mm-hmm. Um, but my husband and I were talking about that because apparently he didn't realize how much I had my heart set on more than one. Right. Um, He's a one He's a, I'd be okay with one. Yeah. He also would like two, but he'd be okay. Cause I was like, I feel like if we could only have one, then maybe we'd adopt or we'd find some right. other way to, you know, kidnap, find some like other way kidnap. to get another kid. Yeah, Whereas yeah. he was like, if we could only have one, then that's it. Yeah. Um, I didn't realize he felt that way. He didn't realize I felt this way. And it wasn't a good conversation. I mean, it was a good, co- <laughs> fine conversation, but it was a like both of us being like, I feel like you should have told me this sooner because right. we're so deep into this. But so that's interesting um, to hear that you know that you only want one. We both uh, we both feel that way. Um, I think there's a little bit. I think reality is you can't ever truly know you know too far down the road what you're gonna want. I feel mm-hmm. like you know I, I I was probably a guy who didn't even want one kid. Um, so I can't even, I can't confirm that, you know, in three years we aren't like, let's have another kid. We easily happen. But yeah, right now we're, we're kind of like, it's, it's so much work. It really is, especially for six months. It is dark. It Mm. is so dark. You're, you are, you brought a human life in and you're like, all right, this is the start of someone's reality and start of someone's existence. And it's not like a lot of people get on the road of like, I feel like everything we do, we're fucking up the kid. It's not like even so much that where you're just like, are we doing all the things that are just best for the kid in terms of like getting enough sleep, brain development, doing all these like ma- these milestones of like mm-hmm. making sure you're like, all right, are we setting this kid up for an opportunity to be successful in this crazy world? It's a lot of pressure. It is a lot of pressure. And it's and it's tough. You're not really sleeping a lot. The babies don't know, even though they sleep a ton when you they first get home. They don't really know how to sleep. They don't really understand the rhythm of sleep. Mm-hmm. And you have to like teach a thing that we think is just natural, but they don't really understand it. And it's 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 insane. And uh, only after six months did I look in my wife's eyes. And I was like, there you are. You're back. <laughs> like I was like, I didn't know if you were ever coming back. But I was like, I, I can see you again. And it's like, was- I think a lot of people don't say how hard it is on uh, women very often. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of like this 
assumed thing like oh it's the woman and she, the baby is comes out of her and they have a special bond and she feeds the baby and it's like yeah that's sort of the black and white of it like oh yeah so of course it's harder for her she has more to do but it is it is just so much more because hormonally mm. you're off the charts you're meeting a new person in for yourself you're like mm. i didn't even know who i was and it's like it's it's so crazy whereas you know, it's not that it's not crazy for men, but also I can leave the house and get away from it to mm. go to either to work or just any, I can find a reason to leave right. and not feel that same attachment. Whereas women can't do that. You can't just be like, all right, I'm going to get out of here. I mean, you could, you could physically pull it off, mm-hmm. but emotionally it might be harder right. to detach. Um, And then around six months, you're more than capable of it. You feel like you've, all right, you can... You're a normal thing. You're alive. We know, I know that it, you're going to stay alive, and I'm doing all the things you're, I'm supposed to do to 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 help keep you alive. But um, I I uh, I don't. You don't have to think about it or sweat mm-hmm. it so much for those six months where, when you looked in your wife's eyes, she wasn't there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, was that hard? Was that weird? It was. It was weird because uh, it it's uh, the whole thing is just so eye opening. Where you're like. To, to, to be like, oh, okay, I know that you're not there because I know that you are taking on this insane thing. And I even told her, I was like, look, you are the captain of all of this. I was like, whatever you say we should do. I was like, I... Making her make the choices no, again. I don't think there's a, a paternal instinct that really kicks in for men mm-hmm. other than... Like I never, as soon as she said she was pregnant, that's the most I started thinking about my career. I mean, like, all right, am I doing enough? Is that like, I think that sort of very natural hunter gatherer thing kicks in mm-hmm. for you. And you're like, okay, I'm, I got to like, the thing that I can do is I can make sure we have what we need and you go into overdrive with it. But no part of you, does something kick in and go, oh, I know how to take care of a baby. Like, <laughs> right. But for women, I saw it in my wife and I thought it was like, I think it's awesome. I think it's a really awesome thing to see this thing click in. That's so nature. This mm-hmm. so, it's such a part of nature that we can't control. This instinct of like, I know how to take care of this thing that you've never done before. Mm-hmm. You've never had to do it, and yet your brain's like, "All right, look, here's some files I've never shown you before, <laughs> but you actually already know how to do most of these things." And you just kind of, of course, you're going to research and learn stuff as you go and take you know advice from people anyways but there's just a part of you that kind of knows what's best for the baby without doing any research and that to me is so mind-blowing because i don't think that kicks in for most men not not everybody's the same but for a lot of men i think you're just kind of like okay well do you want a water i'll get a water and then you feel like you've accomplished something amazing like well she said she needed a water and i went and got the water and brought it to her and i did my thing for the day where she's like all right, well, I'm going to need a lot of water because I have to feed our child with my breasts the entire day. We're like, all right, well, when you compare me getting water to that, it's like I did nothing, mm. you know. But also, and I know people give this answer all the time, too. They say all that stuff and then they go, but it is the greatest thing in the world, which is so hard to wrap your head around. But it really, it's the greatest thing in the sense that it shows you you can be so much more caring and compassionate than you've ever allowed yourself to be. You mm-hmm. actually are like, 
I, I mean, now I care about every single child in my vision, and all I do is envision anything bad that they're going through, and it just breaks my heart when they could be having the greatest life ever. <laughs> I'm still like, oh, God, who knows? His dad maybe got mad at him earlier, and, he's getting, and you're like, that's probably not even happening. Uh-huh. But in my head, I'm like, ah, no kid has it good. You yeah. Know? Um, whereas before, not that I didn't care about kids, but I never went to like this extra step of like i'm going to really think about everybody's life mm-hmm. it's 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 pretty great um potential sad question i know that you lost your mother when you were 1 yeah has watching your wife with your daughter and just sort of being more connected with kids and watching all of this um given you new insight into sort of what that must have done to done been like for you i think so i think so it's made it uh because the baby's eight months now and my mom died on my first birthday so in the back of my head i'm always like looking at it like oh this is the time frame that i had like with my mom granted i don't know what that was like you know no one remembers back that far Mm -hmm. so in my head i always keep that like in my head which is kind of sad and also kind of uplifted up uh uplifting at the same time where you're like oh i kind of have a new perspective Mm -hmm. of how i look at my own life but um i don't know i mean i'm 35 my wife turns 35 in like a week and my mother passed away when she was 25 oh so yeah so it almost puts this whole perspective of like Yes, there's the sadness, but in, in the other thing I go to think about is like 25 with two, because I was the second, yeah. I was like two kids. Like my brain goes in this other world of like, I can't even imagine one kid at 25. Right. Yeah. But it it, it is an interesting uh, perspective. I think when you have kids and you realize uh, r- trying to like take care of a kid, it strangely makes you forgive parents and grandparents oh that's what my parents in this way that you don't want to do you don't want (laughs) to yeah because i'm going through it now where i'm like i don't want to say all right i get it you no one knows what they're doing Uh, but you come to realize like oh i now see why you ever did anything you ever did or said anything you ever did because you have no clue and then all you go is like all right well let's let's compile a list of the bad things that had nothing to do with not knowing (laughs) and uh, let's never forget those but it does make you realize like oh yeah the people you thought your parents were now with a kid, you're like, oh, I now know they were probably normal with their own life. Mm-hmm. And then you come along and it it changes them in the f- sense that, well, they now no longer have this freedom with their own life that they used to have. Right. And either they enjoy that and they're fine with it or they don't. I find people who have kids later in life are m- more okay with it. Like you've done you've kind of done the things that you're going to do and the fun that you have now is like going to bed at 8 p.m. Like, <laughs> and you're like, oh, that's exciting. And you're like, oh, we have a baby. We have to go to bed yeah. at 8 p.m. anyways. So, yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. I feel like I really lived in my 20s and early 30s. Yeah. And by that, I just mean made a bunch of stupid decisions and stayed out late and, you know, right. did all the dumb things people do. It was very social. If So I do not have a need to do any of that yeah, anymore. Yeah, you've done it. But if I had 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 a child then i would have missed out on all of that and you would have had probably some resentment yeah towards the kid who's like well i didn't decide to be here right. <laughs> you know you would I have this have like re- yeah <laughs> you would have this resentment of like well you took my youth away from me whereas like in this case i'm kind of i feel the same way i'm like i did all the the i think if you're gonna do stuff 20 to 30 
is such a great decade. Yeah. It's such a great time to go, all right, I'm going to... That's also idiot. when your body's like, <laughs> oh, you're having a jumbo slice of pizza at midnight. Yes, I can handle this for mm-hmm. you, but I choose not to. It's that time of your life where you can drink and recover and eat horrible and not necessarily notice it. It's like, yeah, that if you don't have it out of your system by 30, you know, three and beyond, it's like, well, you may... It may be sad. I remember when you see someone who's thirty-five, <laughs> yeah, and they're like, "I'm getting fucked up every night." It's like, it's I'm I'm happy you can, but every night, like not just Saturday, right? You can just use Fridays and Saturdays. It's a Jessa problem. Yeah, I remember when I was in college, wondering, like, "Am I hungover? Is this what my hangover feels <laughs> like?" I think not I'll drink knowing. a lot of water. I can say hundred percent. That was not a hangover. <laughs> like, have, course, yeah, yeah. Because I got to the point where I definitely uh, w- was getting bad hangovers. But yeah, I, that ate, being so young that no matter how much you drank, your body couldn't be hungover. Right. Yeah. And your body That's was like, freedom. I got this. Yeah. I got it. We can. T- and then you just get to that point. You're, I don't know. For me, it was 28 where food wise, my body started like, you're going to have a lot of acid <laughs> coming up your esophagus mm. and it's going to be painful. And I'm like, even then, I didn't even, I was like, like, maybe I have an illness. It never occurred to me like, oh, yeah, I guess you're not supposed to drink a bottle of red wine and <laughs> eat a, like a spicy sausage right. and expect to live through that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think it's uh, your college body is like built for, I guess your body just knows your brain isn't there yet. <laughs> it's like, oh, this person doesn't know mm-hmm. that they're a moron. Yeah. Yes and no, though, because also when you're in your high moron years, that's for <laughs> women when you're more fertile. The HMYs, the yeah. high moron years, the HMYs. Exactly. Yeah. So I feel like there's sort of a disconnect between like, I'm now emotionally ready to have a child, but I'm at the very tail end of my biological ability to do so. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. It's also interesting because doesn't like the, the sexual drive for women, doesn't that start at like 30? Um, I, they say that it peaks, I think even later than that. Oh, okay. I haven't experienced that as much. Um, I, but also that could be owing to all the thousands of hormones, um, that I'm on. But yeah, I remember reading that, that like for men, the sexual peak is in your twenties and for women yeah. it's in your later 30s. Which seems like the craziest, like, n- like nature's weirdest prank. Right. <laughs> Yes. To be like, all right, well, then every guy who's 20 will just hook up with every woman right. who's 35, and that makes sense. Like, oh, they're both ready. <laughs> like, it doesn't... Because when you when a guy hits 35, if, if a woman's like, well, I'm now ready to have kids. My sex drive is crazy. That's when the guy's like, I, I don't think I can do it anymore. Yeah. I'm, I'm completely worn out. Maybe that's why we're just having one kid. <laughs> I'm like, I can't. The Did- machines are breaking. I can't do anything. Did you hook up with older women when you were young? Never. Never ever? Never. And it wasn't it wasn't like a lack of wanting to. Mm. I don't think I have any game whatsoever. I think I'm I and maybe I'm like most men. Or in my head, you're like, Ugh, oh, dude, you're so great at sex. <laughs> but then when you see how unwilling you are to like like try to even just hit on women at a bar like even in like i had i have i've never had any game it's it amazes me i'm married with a child <laughs> i'm like oh you, did you just feel bad for me and like well oh, someone should sleep with this guy yeah i never had any any like a bit i think all the people i slept with 
no one was ever a stranger because it was always like if it was a stranger it would have never happened it had to be like someone i knew in some way mm-hmm. um to even be introduced um which is why it was probably never an older woman because i was probably like oh that woman's really attractive but i'll sit over here and see if she comes <laughs> maybe she'll walk over here and start the conversation yeah that's the story of my life did, zero zero game did you lack confidence probably i probably i think i know what it is yeah yeah i think it's a, la- a lack of confidence like not knowing what to say mm-hmm. but you see so many guys in high school and college when they like aggressively hit on a woman i'm the person who's like but i think you're such a douchebag <laughs> certainly we're all thinking the same thing but then you see women be like oh i'll sleep with this guy and yeah. you're like wait like why we all agree so then it's like in my effort to not be that guy you almost don't do anything Mm -hmm. or you have a normal conversation with people but then you're kind of not really putting out any vibe that you're like hey we should go on a date or we should hook up like you're just like well i want i want her to think i'm polite and nice and it's like it's such a weird line it's like well you have to like kind of cross the line a little bit Mm -hmm. whereas like you know the douchebags are like i'm so far over the line i don't even know where the line is and when that works you're like well i can't become that because i will feel ridiculous you know it's weird it's weird how much that like a aggressive flirtation and aggressive come ons how often that can work exactly if it it's baffling it's like i think i read i heard that flirtation is attention without intention okay um is that attention without something but it's like i think if this is what what i recall if a guy comes on to you and there's like a desperation and like he really needs it to go well then that is a is a huge turnoff right. and it's kind of creepy yeah. and it makes you uncomfortable but if he's someone where like he's just spreading it around and he's going to let you know how attractive you are and he's going to make it so that you don't have to do any of the work because you know that he would like to make out with you. That's interesting. But he's not, it doesn't matter to him whether it happens or not. Perhaps he already has a girlfriend or a wife. Um, Then that is like, ooh, I'm intrigued by this. Because it's so much more... uh attractive than the other end of the spectrum yes, that the you're just like well if this is the spectrum i'll take this if, right. if my options are these two yeah. i'll go with this yeah. yeah yeah i i and i think i always just tried to fall somewhere in the middle there but the person in the middle of that is almost just so neutral mm. that nothing ever happens to where when you're like i'll just talk like a normal person i won't be flirtatious but i won't be desperate it's it has to give off the vibe that this person's like Oh, maybe this guy's just talking to me to talk to me. Yeah. Because it doesn't seem like he's desperate or trying to sleep with me. So I will make zero effort. And this guy seems, none of these seems crazy, but you're just kind of like, oh, all right, you're a nice guy. Great. <laughs> That's as far as it would go. Right. That's yeah. my life. Yeah, I think, I don't know what the answer is, but I do think that you do have to sort of signal your interest. Yeah, but I can understand. Like I think that I also always gave off a a n- neutral non vibe. Yeah, where you're like, because you want to just, which is just being a normal person. Mm-hmm. We're like, oh, I want this person to see that I'm normal, and it's like, and then in a way, it's such a pitfall. Yeah, where it's like, ah, you know, actually, if you, 
And there's people who are great at it. There are people who are great at not being douchebags who can be flirtatious. And really, it's just that really great charisma. Mm -hmm. And you're like, oh, because of the charisma, people are just attracted to that. I find it with uh, stand-up comedy... If I feel there's any sense of attraction on me as people are like leaving the show, in my head, I'm like, oh, I, I think it's just because we as human beings are attracted to people who can just publicly speak. Mm-hmm. Like there's something attractive about that. And because I'm not the ugliest person in the world, you're like, okay, this guy's not a model, but he has the confidence to speak. And you're like, there's a weird scale there. We're like, oh, I'm, I guess I'm attracted yeah. to that. Or they like your 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 sense of humor. But I, I, think, I think that's what... I think it's, it's that kind of that confidence. Fearlessness. I think so. And I think people are like, I mean, the amount of people who would probably be like, oh, I bet he's fun. It's like, oh, you don't even know. You don't know that I'm not because I'm not that person from up there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I I think I've always thought that where I'm like, oh, there, if anyone's ever hit on me or been in, like, in any way after a show, I'm always like, oh, it's definitely because I was just up there mm-hmm. and you think that over here i still talk like that whereas like if i talked like that here who knows maybe i would get laid all the time but because i i only talk like that up there because it makes sense up there and i'm not a douchebag up there in my head i'm like god if i behave that way off stage i think i'd be annoying like we were like oh god turn it off you know Mm -hmm. that kind of thing Mm -hmm. but there's those people who maybe are attracted to you like "Ah, turn it back on you're like i i can't because i'll hate myself I will absolutely hate myself if I turn that on over here. I have had now, given that I'm not a stand-up comic, this there's people who will hear this and be like, what? This makes no sense. But I have felt before like I'm doing you guys a favor by not turning it on all the time and not being yeah. on all the time because there's something in my mind, there's something exhausting about the person who's on all the time. But For the I, people receiving it? Yes. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know that that's true. Right. I don't know that anyone's like, thank you for just sitting there like a lump. <laughs> now, granted, maybe I'm turning it off too much. But I mean, I think that in general, if you are an entertaining, charismatic person, people always appreciate your entertaining charisma. Right. Almost like they're getting a free. <laughs> yeah. Oh, she's at the party. So right. she'll, she'll, keep, she'll keep the energy up. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I mean, probably. But th- well, then again, though. It depends. People who know you well, that's different. Because right, there's right, like, right. if I want to have a one-on-one, now I'm not talking about my myself being the one who's turning it on or off, but like if I want to have an actual conversation with someone where I connect and they're just like being, like it's just repartee, like yeah. come on. I know. You're like, just be a real person. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. I think it, yeah, I, th- I think it's all just uh, reading the vibe in those situations yeah. where if, because I know there's times when I will be funny at like a party or a gathering. And it's, I think it's only my older age where when I was younger, if I, I was like starving for it, the attention. Mm-hmm. So if I was at a party or anything and, and I was like being funny, I never took my foot off the gas. But I think I've matured to the point where I'm like, all right, if I take my foot off the gas, then I avoid a bad joke or <laughs> someone being like, shut this guy up. Whereas like if I pick and choose more wisely someone's like hey that guy really chimed in at the right moments (laughs) yeah and i think it's it really has taken me probably in my 30s not even maybe a couple years ago where i actually started if i say something funny in a social setting i'm like all right let's not this isn't a drug let's not immediately (laughs) have to get right back in and say something funny but i i know those moments where i've i've definitely been that person where people had to be like 
please God, just can <laughs> we just sit here and watch <laughs> what we're watching and not hear you talk about yeah. it the whole time? Even if it is funny, where you're like, all right. But yeah, that's a new version of me. Mm-hmm. I think it, it's just you like getting to a point where you're like, in a way, just kind of tired of yourself. Where you're like, all right, this is what I do. This yeah. is who I am. Yeah. Well, maybe it's also getting to the point where you're not struggling to be that person anymore. You just are right. that person. So right. you don't have to keep proving it. Yeah. You don't feel like this desperation. Yeah. Right. Um, when we last talked, uh, you or we talked about you doing different characters on mm-hmm. stage and doing an entire set in in character. Are you still doing a lot of that? I'll do it every now and then. Probably not as much uh, anymore, but uh, I will still go up and do kind of the same ones I've always mm-hmm. done. Um, I maybe have given people... Uh, anyone who follows my stuff a false impression that oh there'll be a new character on the way it's like well I kind of just did these two because I was capable of doing those two and it wasn't really uh, doing more and more characters wasn't ever like a thing I necessarily was like seeking out but I will if I'm ever if I feel like my I'm not like doing more and more material if I'm like ah I'm kind of still doing the same stuff I will bring out one of those characters i'm like all right well at least this i mean that's where they kind of came from mm-hmm. i didn't have new material and i was like this will kind of mix it up if it and comes make it from exciting. someone who's german yeah exactly <laughs> it was like if this is a german guy or a southern guy like that kind of makes it a different joke mm-hmm. and i found out it makes it wildly different and way more fun for me the downside is i then kind of get addicted to that and then i get to a point where i'm like oh well now all now that material is now old to this character um so i kind of cycle it like that and then i ultimately just come back to myself and i i'll maybe have new mm-hmm. jokes or start so i was thinking when you're talking about the people meeting you after a show and thinking you're the guy on stage and i know that you were talking about like the nuances of just rory scovel yeah. the, the you that's you but that must also be weird if they've seen you do a character and yeah. then like you're you are a different person right uh, you're not german or something. only a few times <laughs> i did the my german guy start to finish for like an hour and people after the show when i was just talking like this they were like wait what are you wait what <laughs> whereas like anyone who came to the show who has ever like either listened to anything or seen me before like listen to a podcast mm-hmm. was like oh like we're laughing because we know oh this is crazy he's still doing the character right whereas other people they're laughing because like maybe they just are like i like the jokes and i we didn't really know we were seeing a german comic let's <laughs> let's be nice <laughs> let's be nice because he doesn't live here and then you get to the end where they're leaving and you're like hey uh, thanks for coming and they're like okay <laughs> Either they're very impressed or they think you're an absolute psychopath. I've had both reactions where people are like, all right, let's just get in the car. Let's get away from this guy. Or other people are just like, I can't even believe you're not German. Where in my head, I don't even think it's that good of a an impression where I'm like, oh, really? You really? The whole time you thought this guy's definitely German? But you don't have a different name. Your German guy. I still go up as me. Right. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Um, let's take some questions that people sent in over Twitter. When we ask, we send them in They're wondering how you have been So thanks so much for answering These questions from our fans All right. This question, I'm not sure if it was for me or for both of us, but I'm going to ask it anyway because uh, because the guy's Twitter handle is... Well, I'll ask... Okay. Sorry. Forget <laughs> what I just said. 
Um, should I go to Burning Man this year? My wife says if I go, she won't be here when I get back, meaning she'll leave me. And it comes from at Burning Man Mike. Yeah. <laughs> That's my favorite part. That's the... <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, here's what I'm wondering. Maybe he's gone so many times that she's like, enough's enough. Right. And I won't be here when you get back. I mean, look at your Twitter handle. I know. Your Instagram. Everything <laughs> yeah, that is identity. social media you is Burning Man. Then again, she knew what she was getting into, presumably. She had to know. Yeah. But I will say if he's never gone. No, he's gone a bunch. He's gone he has to, right? Yeah. yeah. I say go. I mean, I don't know. If I... you care about your marriage. Then don't. I don't go. think. I don't think that ultimatum is fair. It's also just one week. Yeah. So it's like you can't even enjoy the time that he goes to Burning Man. You can't find something for you to do in a week. If my it, wife said I'm going to leave for a week, even if she left me with the baby, I'd be like, "Well, now, all right, I'm going to plan some stuff." Well, yeah. No, really. And then she'd be like, "Wait, why don't we do that when I'm home?" Like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I guess I wonder what does she think you're doing at Burning Man? Like, could that there be what you it go. Is? I think that's it. He's I, going to those sex tents. Yeah, that's what he's doing. Free love. Have you ever gone to Burning Man? I would love to go. Really? I would absolutely love to go to Burning Man. Hmm. I think it would be so much fun. My friends go every year, and they, you know, Moshe, he goes every single really year. every year. He goes every single year. I um, had no idea. I didn't either. And he told me all about it and how when, when he or when he like started going and why he makes it a point to go every year. And I was just like fascinated. And then I found out so many more comics also go. And I was like, man, just to be there, not even on like hard drugs, just smoking a little bit of pot and walking around in the desert or like on a bike. And you're just like an insane party for a week. I don't know that I could handle it mm-hmm. for a week, but for two or three days, I think I would be like... Man, it's just art in the desert. Yeah. Crazy sculptures, people being like, just be, I think it'd just be interesting to be around people behaving in a way that society, regular society just doesn't allow. So it's almost like getting to go to like a new version of people. And you know, who knows? You get there and you maybe you hate it because you're like, I don't like this version of people. I would be into it if it were like, in a giant air-conditioned hangar or something. <laughs> it's the dusty outdoors You should start your it. own. You should start, indoors Burning you Man. You should start a weird, like, glamping version <laughs> of Burning Man. <laughs> Welcome to Glurning Man. <laughs> this is glamping. This is glamour right. Burning Man. Oh, my God. Uh, there's a bar over yeah. there. Restrooms Everything you would get. Restrooms. Everyone gets their own restroom. <laughs> yeah. yeah. it's uh, Everyone's got a mattress. Everyone's like, yeah, there's a bed. <laughs> right. Here's your pillow. It's, it's more of a hotel. I rented a hotel. That's all you're doing is renting a hotel. Oh, my God. Yes. Uh, just a, a convention at a hotel with no meetings. Maybe that's what a convention is. <laughs> a convention is just glamour burning, yeah. man. And then the central focus of yours, instead of being the giant burning sculpture, would be a giant ice machine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And everyone exactly. just loves it. They're like, right. oh, God, the conveniences. We have modern conveniences. Coffee. Here's your blow dryer. Money's still good. There's no, <laughs> there's no bar- barter system. Oh, is that what happens? At it's Burning all Man? bartering. Yeah. When you're uh, out there, just providing, just you bring your own stuff. I don't know that much about it. I started looking into it and mm. I was just like, I think, who knows? Maybe I'd love it for seven days or hate it for 10 minutes, but. There's a part of me that's like, ah, it just feels like a lot of fun and a lot of like a lot of people and it feels peaceful. Like being around a lot of people whose sole vibe is don't affect, don't negatively affect the energy. And it's huh. like, God, I got, that's got to feel good to be around. See, I went to a ton of outdoor music festivals when I was younger. 
um, like I felt any, any big thing that came by, I felt compelled to go. Mm-hmm. So to me, Burning Man, I just always think, well, this is what the scene was like, but without the music. But I guess right. it's really not that. I think it's, I, I, when I started looking into it, I, cause I think I thought that too. And I started looking into it and I was just like, oh, this seems so much more insane. I started looking at stuff on YouTube and I was like, oh, it really is just a lot of art and a lot of like adults kind of being kids again. Mm-hmm in a desert where they're allowed to do drugs and drink and there is like a sex like tent specifically for like free love come on in and have sex with whoever just that kind of weird stuff not that i would necessarily be attracted to that but i think i like the idea that that can exist that if someone wants that they can go and get it i think i kind of like that you went to catholic school right yeah did that leave you with um guilt and shame and other things that people often say they felt i think probably more of like a fear of having sex at a young age Mm -hmm. like a fear of having sex before marriage a fear of getting pregnant at a young age um which is a strange guilt to have. And also just the, the guilt that you have of like everything you do, you think, oh, I'm sinning. And this is like a check mark on a thing. Mm-hmm. And then you usually at that age, you're like, it's oh, what a ridiculous like thing to like think. But I think it, it's, I lost my virginity when I was 20 years old. Me too. And I think that's why. I think yeah. I would have maybe, uh, tried to lose it earlier but i had a legit it was 20 years old even i remember even like having sex where i was like oh god i maybe this is not i shouldn't do this and it's only after you've done it where you're like well now i've done it so there's (laughs) that um but yeah maybe i would have maybe i would have been a little bit more foolish at a younger age had the opportunity Mm. been there i might have been like yeah let's have sex and like who knows if i would have been like mature about protection or like even You don't even know what you're doing. Are you religious at all anymore? No. I got got away from the Catholicism and kind of any religion. How does your family feel about that? I think they're fine with it. I mean, I talk about it a lot in my stand-up, so I think they're kind of like, all right, well, I'm... My dad's hardcore Catholic. Maybe he wishes that I would Mm -hmm. have remained Catholic, but I also think that all i just think most people have to be like well either you're a good person or you're not a good person all the other stuff is just like clouds (laughs) they're just in the way of your vision um lauren k says i enjoy him so much on the todd glass show are they super close friends it's like they read each other's minds i think we we are close friends i think we have a similar sense of humor that we feed off each other really well it's just like when you vibe with somebody you know Mm. even as simple as just us keeping this conversation you know like even keeping a conversation with people is not like an easy thing to do yeah you are when it doesn't happen that's when you're like (gasps) right or you find yourself like always thinking like i do it with like family a lot that maybe i don't see very often i'm like what is the next thing i could talk about that is something we could talk about but uh it's like that energy with todd where that kind of keeping the conversation going for some reason it's 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 mostly him Mm -hmm. that it's just always fun and funny and i'm just i know his sense of humor where i feel like i know how to set him up or i know where he's going it's taken a while to learn that Mm -hmm. of like just hanging out with him at festivals and stuff but i think now it is at a point where i'm like i think i know what makes him laugh or i think i know He's got a joke idea. I think I know what he needs me to do to fulfill that like mm-hmm. punchline to like happen. So I'd say in a way, not so much reading each other's minds, but having, you know, just joked around enough, you just kind of 
you know, anyone you become friends with, you just, uh, you fall into it. How'd you guys meet? Through stand up. I did a festival in Vancouver and he was there and, uh, I think it was like the Thursday night of the festival after our shows, they had a big after party going for all the comics at the hotel every night. And, just hanging out with him and Dave Rath and watching Dave Rath and Todd just be so funny together. I was just like, oh, I want to do that. I want to be a part of this. And it was, <laughs> I was really, really just walked around watching a guy doing a show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and finally, Doug Benson says, is Doug Loves Movies your favorite podcast to be a guest on or Getting High with Doug? No, um, sorry, getting Doug with high. Getting Doug with high. Yeah. Um, I I love doing all the things with uh, with Doug. Doing Doug's movies is great. My favorite thing to do is where I think we met the mm-hmm. movie interruption. Yes. Well, I think we had had we done. I think we had done Doug loves movies together. Oh, maybe that's first or then, after. Yeah, but yeah, 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 we did the movie interruption. The movie interruption is my favorite thing ever just yeah. sitting on a couch and doing mystery science theater 3000 just having a microphone and people are like into the jokes mm-hmm. and you're just making fun of a, a movie is so much fun when he does the largo live getting dug with highs mm-hmm. those are the only ones i've done i don't think i could smoke a ton of pot in a tiny room right with people in there and cameras going i think i'd have a strange paranoia i can't smoke a lot of pot but on stage because there's an audience and there's this sort of expectation to deliver some sort of performance. Mm-hmm. I think when I'm high in that scenario, I'm like, oh, I can. Right. I'm wired for this. Even though I'm super high, I'm wired to know that. And also a whole audience being there. If I just if I'm just rambling like an insane person, it's like, well, they all understand. They think it's funny. Yeah, they think it's funny. And they're also like, well, he did smoke a lot of pot. So yeah. they get it. And, and I think that keeps you from being like. Everyone thinks I'm having a breakdown. It's like, no, they know you are. And because you <laughs> know it and they, they know they came it. To see. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um Yeah, the the live getting dug with high sounds fun. It's so much fun. Between that and the I, I love doing the Douglas movie because those are uh live as well. But uh sitting on stage with a bunch of comics who are just smoking pot and like just being funny in the moment talking about whatever is so fun. That's that's my favorite. Mm. Let's do just me or everyone. Sometimes I ponder on something I have thought or done. Is it just me or everyone? Okay, Peaked by Parikh says, I can't believe how many people watch videos on their phone in public or at work with the volume on by headphones. Yes, I agree. <laughs> it, I hate it so much. Yeah. Especially on like a plane. Yeah. Or even getting onto a plane. It's like, you're where's so your shame? Fucking yeah. Head. Like, yeah, a level of anger I want to fight. <laughs> Shannon Hurley says, I always change the expression seize the day to cease the day because stopping time is more powerful than grabbing it. I've never done that, but I like it. There's something there. Yeah. There's, there, there's got to be other There's a shot there glass there. There's a shot glass yeah. logo to be had. <laughs> cease the day. Cease the day. Um, same result though. I feel like either way you're taking control. Exactly. Yeah. Whether you're seized, like, do you remember that show out of this world? Did you ever watch that with no. Evie? It was this not very good sitcom. And eh, maybe I'm being, a, it was, I, I was entertained <laughs> by it. It was a sitcom. I don't know if it was probably like the, I want to say late eighties or early nineties. Um, with this girl, Evie, whose father was an alien, but we never saw him. He just spoke to her through this cube that she kept in her room that looked like a really cool like nightlight. And um, 
her power was she would hold her fingertips together and freeze time. Maybe I, this sounds familiar. Like visually it looked like Charles in charge. Okay. Yeah. This sounds familiar. What was it on? I don't remember. It sounds like it was like a... On like the WB or something. WB or Nickelodeon or... Looks like it was on NBC. Ooh. Oh, originally. Hmm. When 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 was that? The dad in the cube thing sounds very familiar. Yeah. I think Courtney Thorne's eighty seven and originally came out. Okay, that sounds like an eighty seven. Yeah, it sounds like an eighty seven. You could get away with pitching that. Yeah, this yeah. was, this was like <laughs> hot off the tails of uh, Small Wonder. Yeah. Oh my god! Somebody I also pitched this. That. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> ATL podcast fan. Put on my button-down shirts as if they were pullovers. Who has the time? Am I right? Um, I just, occasionally... They're saying just put on a pullover? No, they're saying they're button-down shirts. They just put them on as if they were pullovers. Like they don't uh, button yeah. and rebutton. I have done that, but I don't always I did it do today that. with this shirt that I have on, currently have it's on. It's a button-down. It's a button-down, but I put it on like it was, a pull- it was already buttoned. Mm. I will say this, more times, it's very rarely successful. Very, yeah. very rarely can I go, oh, it's already buttoned. I'll just slide it on like it's a t-shirt or a pullover. Right. And I, most of the time when I do that, I then have to just unbutton it anyways because it just didn't, yeah. it didn't go on right or it something feels weird. Yeah. I know. Yeah. I sometimes, in terms of dresses and things with zippers, I will try to step into things that need to go over the head. <laughs> and, and, and there's always stuck. that, mo- oh my God, yeah. there's that moment of panic, especially right. when I lived alone. I was like... I don't know what to do here. Yeah. Someone needs to cut me out of this. Anytime it's like your vision is now impaired. Yeah. Like, ah, my head is stuck. And then all you do is think like, what, where, what am I in such a hurry? I couldn't just do this right. I actually one time did get stuck in a pair of boots. <laughs> um, I was in New York and I, w- I had to get on a plane that day. So hence the like, yep. we don't have a lot of time here. And I couldn't, the zipper got stuck and I yeah. wouldn't unzip. Um, I don't know why I couldn't have just worn them on the plane. I don't, I don't, you know, but I lived with my sister at the time. And I remember I began, it was like as if I couldn't get oxygen. Right. My foot, could, my foot was so claustrophobic. I remember sitting there with my sister. I was like, just cut it out. Yeah. Just cut it out. And then she, I think she called my mom. And <laughs> and she hung up on us. <laughs> no, what she said is, she said, take a wax crayon and rub it along the zipper. And that, it like loosens the zipper oh, and yeah. then it unzipped. But I was like, I was Moms. sitting there with the scissors and I was like, yeah, cut it. But it's crazy how panicked I became. Cra- like you also want to know like, fine. how did she know that? I know. Like what, is, what has she been through? Yeah. She's like, wax, you're going to want to go wax on the zipper there. <laughs> you're, you're right. I... I should have asked how do, how did you come yeah. across that? What have information? you been through? She's like I've been through a lot. And then she just hung up the phone. <laughs> exactly. Noah blowing less. I'll just read the Twitter handle. Says devastated when I accidentally changed the channel on a program that I had paused earlier. Yes, yes. I don't know if I understand that one. So you're watching um, television, okay? And you pause it on Go a show. Grab a drink. Yes. Okay. And then you come back and you and you accidentally change the channel. And you can't get back like to all the stuff because now it's just back to live TV, and you can't get back to whatever and you you're watching. You can't rewind it back, right? Because you weren't recording it; you had just paused I get it. That. Yeah. yeah, you'll never know. Jmos and Bobo says, when ordering online, I Jenga together things I need in the shopping cart until it's the minimum amount for free shipping. Yeah, I do that too, and then I think 
did I save money here? I don't think so. Because <laughs> I just bought more. Right. Uh, let's see here. Jmos for arrows says can't unsee the arrow in the FedEx logo. I didn't even know there was an arrow in the FedEx logo. Yeah, their little subliminal arrow in there, and once you know it's there, you know it's there. I'm gonna have to look it up. I also didn't realize that Amazon has an arrow going from A to Z. Yeah. Did you know that? I, uh, well, when I like someone pointed it out. Yeah. I would. I wish I could say I found all these things on my own. Like I was so smart to be like, oh, look at that. Who are the people that always know things about logos? I never know them. I, know. I barely notice anything. Oh, yeah. good. FedEx. Looking at it, not seeing the arrow, but trying to find it. I can't. Between the uh, E and the X there. Um. This. Oh. There it is. This is like, is it a candlestick or is it two people facing each That's other? Right. <laughs> well, now I won't be able to unsee it. Now you'll it never either. unsee it. That's clever. Do they do that on purpose or do you think someone. It's and then they're like, hey, look how that. Oh yeah. my God. Did you guys see this? And then the version designer's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, no, I, yeah, yeah, I meant to do that. <laughs> Well, you're getting of, a raise. Speaking of Amazon, if you're going to buy something on Amazon, click through the banner on my website, alicefromrosen.com. It doesn't cost you anything extra. Thank you guys for Amazon support. Okay. Uh, ooh, another shirt one. ATL podcast. An- another shirt one from the same guy. ATL podcast fan says, tuck in my shirt starting with front left and working counterclockwise always. I don't tuck in shirts, but if I did... I think that I probably would do it the same time every time. More and more, the more I think about things, like I think I'm kind of robotic in terms of like, I probably, well, we've talked about showers on the show before, but like I always wash myself in the same order and I pretty much always do the exact same thing. And you like dry off the same. Yeah. I think whenever I'm going to tuck my shirt in, I have to like undo my pants and like pull them down a little bit. And then, cause I feel like that's the only way I'm going to get the shirt perfectly in. To, like, I am in a and person. Then, like, pull them up and- I'm very fastidious and meticulous and finicky about layers being flat. Like I, I like hell for me is like a crinkly <laughs> shirt <laughs> under a crew neck sweater. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. And then a long car ride <laughs> yeah. where you're in the middle seat or something like, Oh, um, <laughs> And last, lastly, Deanna Morton says, when I flush a spider down the toilet, I'm always scared it's going to crawl back up and bite me. Yes, I have that. And then I also have the like, and it'll be angry. Yeah. I always have the feeling bad. Like, mm-hmm. is there any karma in the horrific death that this spider will not na- like? Being flushed uh, into yeah. a water dungeon. That's it. You're like, you're just like, is this how I'm going to go? Am I going to die on a submarine because of this? I read something. <laughs> it might have been on Lifehacker. I don't know what it was on, but it was saying that someone was saying the way that they deal with stuff in that realm of like the karma of killing a bug is if they see a spider. They don't kill it the first time, but if they see it again, <laughs> then... Interesting. Like they gave it a warning. Yeah, but that's almost <laughs> like most dangerous game. Like then you're just like giving it a chance, like making a sport out of it. Yeah. It also... You always also, have to how remind do you know it's the same one? Exactly. <laughs> what are you tagging it? Also, yeah, just a little mark there, a little <laughs> red mark. Um, 
also it's you we always think like spiders are like out to get us right. whereas like spiders are just like uh, what do you i don't understand why do you hate me yeah where it's like because well, you look scary yeah yeah where we're so certain they're there to kill our families like oh you want to bite me mm-hmm. then you're gonna bite my wife and bite my kid right i know what you're up to I just had this happen the other day where there was I, I had a cricket in my place. No. Oh. And my cats love to eat crickets, so Dude. it was jumping around and I thought, "Oh, I'll call the cats over. <laughs> They'll chase it. It'll be fun for them. They'll eat." And then I thought, "Well, this is I should be nice to this guy. He's just a cricket, you know what?" So I went and grabbed a little plastic container to put on top of mm-hmm. him to catch him and then I slide right. a piece of paper and everything. But there was there was that, you know, that plastic stuff you peel off the top of like a yogurt or hummus. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There was like uh, just a little arc of it on the side and I went to put the thing on top of him and I didn't realize it was there and I squished him. <laughs> and I just stood there being like, buddy, he I committed tried. Suicide. I wanted to help I you. I tried. It was just my bad aim and I felt terrible. Yeah. Also, you're in my house. You you decided to go the other direction as soon as you realized <laughs> you're, you're like, no, I'm going to own this. This is on you, yeah. man. <laughs> I didn't want this. You did this. Yeah, I'm always afraid when sliding something under the cup that I'll like nick their little foot. Take their like legs off. Yeah. We, so yeah. I just maimed it. Like we actually have this thing called a bug zooka, which is supposed to be a humane. It's like, it goes like, <laughs> you hold it over the bug and then it goes, and then it sucks it into the canister. And then you're supposed to be able to yeah. humanely let it out outside. But Daniel and I are convinced that it where, maimed. Where it will get eaten by a bird instantly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's very humane. Yeah. We're convinced that it, it's got to it hurts the bug on its way in because it's it's like using vacuum force. Right, yeah, yeah. It's pretty violent. And it makes a sound. It that does. sound is their spine cracking. Ugh. <laughs> yeah. But finding a cricket or cockroach or anything crunchy, I'm, I'm not a I'm not a fan of any bug, but especially yeah. the crunchy ones. Yeah. Except for ladybugs or butterflies. Well, they're fun. Cuz they're pretty. They're also they there's zero threat. Right. They're just like they're so slow. Hey, I'm not here to hurt anybody. You're like, I know. You've proven time and time again you're not here to hurt anyone. No one's got a story about you hurting them. Right. Yeah. Right. Rory Scovel, thank you so much for being on the show. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. If you like what you're hearing, subscribe or leave a nice comment or both. iTunes.com slash Allison Rosen is where you do that. Also, go to my website. There's a store on the website. We have t shirts available. We have ringtones. Hey. Hey. Go fuck yourself. Bonus episodes. That's also a ringtone there. All sorts of fun stuff. So just go to alisonrosen.com. Go to the store. Follow me on Twitter at Allison Rosen. Follow the show's Twitter feed, A-R-I-Y-M-B-F. Email us, A-R-I-Y-M-B-F-show at gmail.com, youtube.com slash Allison Rosen. I'm, I'm even on Snapchat now. Yeah. Allison Rosen BFF. Are you on Snapchat? I'm not. I don't know how anything works. I, it's been very frustrating because I just feel like my mom. Like I look at the screen and I'm like, I don't, how do I do, how do I add a friend? How do I get there? How do I move around? Yeah. What's the point? Um, but it's great. And uh, <laughs> Jeff, where should we go for you? You can find me on Facebook and Twitter at Colonel Jeff Fox. And Rory, thank you again for doing the show. Tell everyone where they can find you and um, what they should be on the lookout for. Um, website, RoryScoville.com. Um, I'm about to put my special up on my website. It's on CISO.com if you have CISO or you're interested. Uh, but I'm also, this week or next week, going to be selling it on my website uh, for $5 download if you're into that. And then uh, Instagram and Twitter, it's all just at Rory Scoville. So if you want to see a show, go to my website. Check out check out some dates. What's the name of your special? Uh, the Charleston Special. Nice. Rory Scoville, The Charleston Special. Awesome. Thank you again. Thank you. Listeners, thank you for listening. I love you. Goodbye. Hey!
Rosie is your new best friend.